Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. I'm going to ask someone to come to the platform, not just someone. I'm going to ask my wife to come to the platform uh, this morning. You know, let me tell you, it's not every day that you, I, I, I think one of my greatest accomplishments Oh, the little guy's kind of <laughs> falling over there. Um, <laughs> my wife, this is, is this your favorite flower? That's my favorite flower. The tulips. That's right. And um, one, of the, one of the reasons that I wanted Nicole to help me today is that we were going to talk about uh, some about relationships. She's going to hand that back. You. Oh, you're welcome. I but. like his tulips, too. <laughs> Excuse me for a minute. We're gonna... <laughs> uh, we got married in August, August 1st, and tulips were nowhere except Holland at that time. And so we used to have roses. Arizona, they weren't we had roses for our, for our wedding, but, but yeah, tulips just. So, one of my greatest awesome. accomplishments in, in my life was when my wife decided to marry me, and I was able to talk her into it. So, thank you. Very sweet. Thank you. Appreciate thank you. it. Well, one more thing about, about anniversary before you leave, we've got cupcakes in the lobby. So we've got gourmet cupcakes, so everybody grab one. We have a few gluten-free, so if that's your, if that, if that's your, your spice, go ahead and go, go for and the gluten-free back they were free expensive, so make sure you eat one, <laughs> would you? Because I don't want to take them home with us. So, so I tell you, we had something on our, I had something on my heart uh, to share this morning. And, and Nicole doesn't know much about, about it because I, I didn't let her know on purpose. So don't be looking at my notes. But I want to talk this morning about enjoying seasons, enjoying the seasons. And so I want to talk about five different seasons. Uh, but first, I wanted to start with a little story I heard. Do you remember, this, you remember the, uh, the, two, the married couple? They'd been married for 50 years, getting ready to celebrate their 50th anniversary. And they're in the grocery store. They're talking about it. They're in the checkout line, the little checkout girl. Here's them talking about being married 50 years. And she said, you guys have been married 50 years? I can't imagine being married to the same man for 50 years. And what did the wife say? And the little lady looked up to her and she said, well, honey, don't get married until you can. This is good Don't get advice. married until you can imagine being married forever. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, for as he thinks in, the, in his heart, so is he. You know, you have to have a vision for it before you can see it come to pass. Everything that you see up on the stage with the drum enclosure, the mics, the, the, that was our most recent purchase. Everything that you see up here was in, my, was in my brain. It's been in my brain the entire time that we've been meeting here. And so it's really neat to see it come to fruition uh, here in the church. So I want to talk about these five different seasons. The first season is the single season. Come on, if you're single, raise your hand. Come on, like you're, you're happy to be single. You're enjoying this single season of your life. Some of you didn't raise your hand, but it's okay. It's okay. So, honey, I want to ask you some questions about being single. I'd like you to answer. Nicole is full of wisdom here. I knew he, I was going to come, uh, but I have no, this is all off the cuff. So is the right person the right person out there? Yes, somewhere. but don't limit God to your location. I was in Arizona 
And I was, I was loving God. I was on staff at our church. I was just go, 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 all for God. And, and my standards were high. And I was asked one time by a coworker who was not a Christian, but he said, what are you looking for in a husband? And I said, well, someone who, who loves God more than me. And, and all he heard after that was wah, 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 because he stopped me right there. And he said, that's just too much to ask. That's just too, too, too crazy, too high. And it just kind of stunned me. And I, I went, I went your away. And standards set too high. And my standards set really high. And so I was like, God, do I have to go somewhere else to find my husband? Do I have to go to Bible school to find my husband? And I was doing what God was calling me to do. But you know what? God had, was working on him in a totally other, different state than I was in. And so I, was a I, thousand miles away in I, I went through a season during my single time where I prayed for my husband. Not prayed to get a husband, but prayed for my husband. Lord, wherever he is, whatever he's doing, be with him tonight. Just help him go through what he's going through so he'll be just right for me. Because I was going through things that I needed to go through so that I would just be be just right for him. Right after we got married, my husband said, because we knew each other four years before God connected us this way. But right after we were married, he's like, this is so much fun. This is great. We should have gotten married four years ago. I said, oh, nobody. No, no, no. You weren't ready, and I wasn't ready (laughs) for what we have now. So I prayed for my husband. Okay, second question. So what is taking so long? Is there something wrong with me? What if a a single saying that? No, you're not ready. If you're not married yet, you're not ready. And so he's, and he's not ready or so she's not ready. Time. So it's preparation time and you're never diminished in the waiting. Think about a woman who's pregnant. She's waiting. Is she, is she diminishing? She's growing. She's growing with each moment that she's waiting. But, she, but it's inside of her. She knows what's inside of her. But she's not diminished by the waiting. So use the waiting time as, okay, God, I'm getting closer to you. Because you know what? When this comes along, you've got to have this already right. If you get this right, this will be easier. It's not always right because we're human. But if we get this right, it makes this way easier. Yeah, yeah. I read this, uh, Dr. Henry Brandt. He's a Christian psychologist. He said, he points out that adequate parents must first be adequate partners but before you can be an adequate partner, you must first be an adequate person. I would use the word complete. Some people think, well, you know, they have that Tom Cruise thing, you complete me. And they think that a spouse is going to complete them. How no. Would, what would you say You to have to be two whole people. I've got, he didn't want to marry a half person. He can't be my other half. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you always are always my better half. I mean, I'm not, I'm not discounting all of that. I'm not trying to fix anybody. But I have to be a whole person in God before I can come into a relationship with him. Or else you've got two half people that are just trying to chase themselves around, kind of where, where am I? Yeah. Where's the rest of me? And so when you stand before God, you don't, you don't take your spouse with you and say, um, uh, go with, no, you are by yourself before God. And that's the way I viewed before marriage. And even in marriage, it doesn't change. Well, my husband doesn't want to go to church today, so I'm just, we'll stay home. No, it doesn't work that way. God wants all of you. You honor God, God will take care of your stuff. Yeah, good preaching, honey. 
So what should I, so I'm waiting, still waiting. What should I do in the meantime then? Get busy. Get busy. Be that person that you're looking for. If you're looking for a, a, a Prince Charming, only Prince Charming is going to look for a princess. So become that princess. And, and if you're looking for a princess, hey, she's only going to be looking for Prince Charming. Be that person that you want to, to marry. And, but in that waiting, what was the question? What do I, you're still waiting? Mm-hmm. So, so, so get involved with what God has for you. Your ministry doesn't start at the aisle, at the altar. Your ministry starts right now. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what season of life you're in. You may have already been married. Maybe you're in a divorce state or you're in a, a single state because of, because of a death of a spouse. Your ministry is right here and right now. It's not connected to another person. It's connected to God. And so as you're being obedient, God will bring things into your, pla- into your path. And it will, it will coincide with what you're already doing. Yeah. First uh, Corinthians chapter seven, Paul said that you're free when you're single. You know, meaning uh, you don't you're not tied down to anything. You're not anxious about you know being providing for them or taking care of this. And so it it frees you up to be able to seek God. You know, right. just like Matthew six thirty three says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We were both in a place where uh, before we started dating. We dated through the mail. We wrote each other letters. You guys remember letters? You call it snail mail today? Okay. There's no internet back then. Cell phones you carried in a bag. Only the very wealthy had them. And so, you know, but when, but when we were dating, what was I going to say? When you're single, you have more time to focus on, on God and you, and you're not yes. having to. Because so Paul we were both, sorry. And, we yeah. were both at a place. I got, sorry, I went on a rabbit trail. We were both at a place where uh, each of us, we're done with relationship games. Right. And right. we had both come to a place where we said, God, I'm seeking you first uh, with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind and my strength. And I thank you, Lord, that you will add to me. And boy, did he. We were both engaged. Well, I was engaged. I don't know about him. But I was engaged um, before, before I met him. And that's another whole story. But I was three months from the altar. We had a, a year engagement. So even before that, I'm, I was probably with him for about a year before that. So about two years into this thing. And the closer it came, the more it was like the Holy Spirit just kept saying, no, no. And I was like, well, Lord, fix him and, and, and make him better and, and fix my parents and, and fix this person. And I was just trying to be the peacemaker between all these different disjointed situations. And, and I would look at my ring and he would just say, no, no, so sweetly, so sweetly. But he, God didn't make me do anything. I had to choose life. And so when I finally made the choice, we had an intervention and I'm so thankful my family said no. You know, my dad said, finally, I, I just can't give you my blessing if you do this. And I was just like, then I'm not going to do this. And so I heeded to that. So make sure you are somebody's intervention. If you see something going and you're just like, don't love love so much that you just want them to be all so happy. They look so cute together. But then after they break it up, I'm, oh, I'm so glad you broke it up. I just didn't see that happen. No, tell them now. Tell them now. They'll, they, they, might, they might be rubbed wrong at the moment, but they'll thank yeah. you. They'll that's thank good. you. Anyway, that's, that's a side note. But... Um, so I was engaged before, and I never dreamed I would ever pick the wrong guy. 
He was obviously an okay guy at the beginning, but it was the time spent. Time is your friend. Uh, it was the time spent that brought these little things to light that the Holy Spirit was showing me. And I, it, the bottom line was, he wasn't a bad guy. I just wasn't the one for him. And he wasn't the one for me. And so because of that, I was like, no to the whole dating scene. I, I'm not going to waste my time with that anymore because I made a mistake. I'm just going to wait for God to, to do something. And so about nine months later, then... Mr. My Mr. Wonderful came, came into my life. But it was really cool. That's another whole story. And that brings me to the second season, the hunting season. Everybody say, hunting season is open. <laughs> yeah, okay. Proverbs 18.22 says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. I liked what Rita Redner said. How many of you remember Rita Redner? Comedian, stand-up comic? All three of you. Okay. Well, Rita Redner said, before I met my husband, I... I I had, I'd never fallen in love. I stepped in it a few times. So uh, anyway, so number one, here's the first question. What should a guy look for in a future wife? What should be some of the things that he's looking for? Her relationship with God, because it's too much pressure for the girl to put all of her <clears throat> needs to be met on the guy. And so if you just, if she that just needs you, and she just needs you, and, and, you know, let her, let him breathe, let her breathe. Um, you're two individuals and you don't stop being an individual person when you get married. You still are an individual person. So that's why you got to get this right, you know, and know who you are. When our kids were still in high school and they were, you know, guys and girls were starting to look around and stuff. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, your concrete isn't even set yet. I said, you've got to know who you are before you can hook up with somebody else. They don't even know who they are. Who they are. Yeah. Let your concrete set in God, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, then, you know, the, 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 the extreme to that is the 30-somethings that already have their way of doing things and, and they've never had a roommate and it's all about them and they're entitled for this and then they try to get married and it's, then you've got two clashes of the titans because they, they haven't learned that give and take yeah. in marriage. Right. So don't, don't go over in the ditch on that end either. But when they were young, I just said, you've got to give it time. You've got to know who you are so, and know what you want. Start observing couples that are getting it right and just start connecting with them. We've got people around here that are just like, wow, I like, I like what I'm hearing from them. And so just kind of pick up on those little things and put them in your pocket of tools and be like, I want to be like that one day. I want to grow into that kind of love. I want to grow into that respect in that marriage. So I remember when I asked you out for the first time, I called you cold turkey. Uh, you'd never received a phone call from me before. I had to blackmail a friend to get your number. But uh, how can a guy overcome the fear of asking just girl out. be friends. Just just call her up, say, hey, you know, or, or, or at church when you see her, just face to face. You know, that's the best place to find somebody is in church. That's where you go to find somebody who's Godward, right? And then um, just, hey, go out in groups. Um, just just be, be kind. Girls, be kind when he calls because even if it's not somebody that that it's like, uh, what am I going to do with this person? Um, now, I would not have agreed to go if, if there was, you know, if 
there was no, not a connection there. But obviously, it was a good, he was a nice guy. It was a, a youth group kind of date thing. And I'm just like, sure, we'll go. But we'll just go as friends. Yeah, she did say that. Just friends. <clears throat> just take, friends. Take the pressure off. Just take the pressure off. Yeah. <laughs> Does that take the pressure off, guys? That feels more like... Uh, I was hoping for more, but... One foot out the door. All right, so... <laughs> so, so, you know, you find her and you ask her out, and, and she's almost everything that you want in a spouse, or he's almost everything that you want in a spouse. Is he the one? She the one? Almost. Well, that's a big word, almost. Um, we've, all, we've talked to our kids, and we did this too. Make a list. Make a list of what, of what you're believing God for. And there's different things, you know, that are, that are, that are um, deal breakers. And then there's certain things that are like, I, I can live with that. Deal makers. I can deal with that. And right before we got married, my mom and I were sitting down on the, on the steps of our house. And, and she said, so is there, is there anything that, you know, is going, you know, that, that you would change about Phil? And I said, you know, Mom, and I, I gave it some thought. I said, there's nothing I would do. I said, well, he does wear white socks with everything. <laughs> but I said, it's not a deal breaker. It's, it's okay. It's okay. I was okay with that. That was a deal maker. Come and, on. And, um, and he grew out of that, you know. I mean, there's, there, you're going to change. I'm not the same girl he married 27 no, years ago. Not. My hair has made a few changes in those years. Um, and, and he's not the same guy I married. But the deal is, you want to grow together. Yeah. You grow, you walk through the steps of life together so that, you know, it's not just you wake up and go, who are you? I mean, there's those who are you moments, even in 50-some years of marriage. I mean, they just, we, we, we like something one day, we just don't prefer it the next day. I mean, there's different changes. That, that, that's the humanness of us. There's diet but, changes. There's what? Diet changes. Diet changes, that's right, because your metabolism changes. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> She's the cook, so, you know, we flow with her. Okay, so the, moving on to the engagement season. All right, so Dr. Seuss, listen to what he said. You know you're in love when you can't fall asleep because reality is finally better than your dreams. I loved that quote. And that was the way I felt. I, I literally felt that way. I talked about it a little earlier during worship that, you know, when, man, when we started dating and, and, I, and we reconnected and I knew my mom said that I talked about you ever since we went out. We went out four years prior to that. And in fact, when we got engaged, my roommate at the time, he said, I am so glad you're marrying Nicole. I said, why? And he said, because you compared every girl you went out with to her. And he said, I knew whoever you married would have to either blow her away or it'd have to be her. So I'm thankful. I said, I am too. I am too. But remember Jacob. Let's think about Jacob for a minute. You remember in Genesis 29, remember how he went and, and he was sent by his parents to back to Canaan to, to marry someone in the family and he found Rachel. And he fell head over heels in love with Rachel. Well, when he did, he's, Laban said, what do you want? Let me know what you want. And he said, I want Rachel as my wife. I'll work for you for seven years for her. Seven years. And so he worked for her. And he didn't get Rachel as his wife until the seven years were over. But the Bible says that he, to him it was just a matter of a few weeks. Because he loved her so much. 
That's the way I feel. There's another example of getting a job before you get a wife. <laughs> yeah. Why am I up here? I mean, just... <laughs> So what is the purpose, again, of the engagement? You talked a little bit about it, but what's the purpose? It's the preparation. It's the preparation. It's, it's the talking about. Now, if, 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 if the, um, the, the asking is ever a surprise, will you marry me? If the question, if he ever pops the question and you're truly surprised, that's not good. No, no, no. You should have already been talking about marriage before he pops the How he pops the question is a surprise. But not, oh, you what? No, there should already be talking about it just to see, you know, what, what are your dreams? What are my dreams? How is God going to meld this together? And we go forward. He was in Oklahoma. I was in Arizona. Um, he, was, he was starting his, his ministry. I was already in my ministry. So how is God going to do And so, but every step of the way, God just kept bringing us closer together and giving us that green light. And my parents were fully informed of everything we were doing and talking about. His parents, I think, were fully informed with what we were going through. Um, so, I, yeah, I read all my well, letters well, out loud. All my letters out loud. And, and, yeah. and my parents would hear me on the phone at night laughing. And my mom came to me one time and she said, I'm so glad that Phil's giving you your, laugh back, your laughter back. Because, Not at this moment, but <laughs> <laughs> because the first, I guess the first guy, I was just getting more and more recluse because it was so wrong, and I didn't want to talk about it, and be, I don't want to talk about the wrongness because I just it looked I looked good, you know, and everything was going great, and I was planning a wedding and all this stuff, and it just wasn't right. So, so would you say an important reason to talk would be because of like Amos three three? How can two walk together unless they agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, on the and when we, when we do life. premarital counseling, um, we, it's not our job to tell people whether or not it, they should get married or not. That's not what our counseling is all about. Our counseling is to get everything as, the, as we can get out in the open and discuss with, about the word and discuss about their relationship so that they're not blindsided um, on their honeymoon, oh, I didn't, we didn't talk about that, or oh, we didn't know about that. So our job as, and, and we want to just encourage and just put everything out there because how do you know? Oh, I, how many kids do you want? Oh, how, how, were you, how, how do you want to raise our kids? And oh, you, you want to go in debt and, and I want to stay debt free. And I mean, just all this kinds of stuff needs to be talked about so that there can be agreement. Yeah. And then once exactly. you know... You're responsible for what you know. Okay, so there, here's a big one. So what would you say uh, to the person who is engaged and now they feel, because they said yes, they're, they feel obligated, but they're beginning to have doubts? Oh, I've been there. You're not married until you say I do. Oh, say Now, that when again. I gave my yes to the first guy and he put that ring on my finger, I was like, I felt like I was married because I'm a person of my word. I will swear to my own hurt. That's what the word says. If you say, yet let your yes be yes and your no be no. And so I was like, I, was, I felt like I was married. There was nothing sexual going on, but I was committed and I felt like I was already married. The only thing that was going to change after the, 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 the altar was sex. Well, I learned three months, in, three months before the altar, no, 
I'm not married to him. I can break this off. And as soon as I made that decision, it was like the weight of the world off my shoulders. But so many times girls have either, guys and girls have either given themselves to each other and they felt connected because there is a connection in sex. But I still tell them, you are not married until you say I do. You can walk away. Walk away from that if it's not building you up. Now, if you are married, you, let's talk. Let's talk. And, and because you know what? Your best days are right in front of yes. you. Thank so you this, I'm just talking to singles right now. This, this question was all about what do you do when you already, you're already engaged and you're already walking through and you've already told, told each other that you love, let, that I love you. That was another thing too. The, the term I love you was just over and over and over again. Um, it was almost um, reciprocal. It was almost, um, what's the word repetitive. I'm looking for? Repetitive. And, you know, he said, I love you. And I just, I, I love you too, because I just didn't want to deal with the pouting and all that stuff. Well, the first time, the first time that Phil told me that he loved me, <laughs> I was really sweet. But I said, that's nice. <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't patronizing. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to be ugly. But I'd been down that road before, and I was just like, of course, you know, it was a moonlight night, and, and he told me, and he was not very happy with my re- response. What would you be? I mean, you know. <laughs> my response. And, but you know what? I was, like, there, I was to the know? point of, you know what? I could say I love you just so that you like me, but... I like me, so it's okay if you don't like me. I got to that place in my life where it didn't matter if he liked me or didn't like me that's because good. I knew God was crazy about me. Yeah, that's so good. And you have to get to that place because even in marriage, when this doesn't look like this, and you look at each other. That always looks like that. And no, it doesn't. This morning, it did not look like this earlier. But it was, you know, there's that, there's that friendship. <laughs> Yeah. There's that friendship there. And that's yeah. another, that's another bullet point. But, but so you're not married until you say, until, until you say I do. That's back to your question. Well, let's talk about marriage for a moment. Uh, Genesis chapter two, verse 18, listen to what God said. So he's created Adam. God has created all of these, uh, the earth and the animals and everything on the earth. And then he creates man, but he doesn't, he creates opposites for everybody except the man. Because he created man by himself. You remember? And listen to what he says in verse 18. It says, Then the Lord said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper just right for him. Notice that this is the only thing that God said this is not good to. He said this is not good that man should be alone. So this is important because some people, you know, say, well, let me just go to the first question. Some people say marriage is 50-50. What would you say about that? Well, if it's 50-50, then you're already in a deficit. Because if I can't bring 50% to the table, then he can't bring, you know. My grandmother told us, and our heads are shaking all over the room, it's 100-100. And it's that all the time. And so you can't just, it's not that split. That's it's good. whatever you need. That's good. Should couples try you know, I, well, I'm going to marry him, but, but I know he'll change. Well, yeah, he will change. And she will change. And change is, is inevitable. That's the only constant in life. 
is that it will change. <laughs> can, can people change other people? Oh, change the other person? No. You don't go into marriage trying to change him. Well, well once I get married, I'm going to change her. No. What, what's that statement that women go into marriage thinking they're oh. going to change him. He goes into marriage thinking she'll <clears throat> never change. And they're both wrong. <laughs> so we're no the only one that we need to say God help me is God the Holy Spirit will reveal that's why we've got to get this right because allow God to change if you ever hit your knees God change my husband change my husband you'll leave that session saying God, God saying you need to change this in you this needs to be changed in you and when you get closer to God and get things tweaked in you and you look at him and he said, he hasn't actually even changed, but you're going to be like, oh, you've changed. But what's really changed? You changed. So if you're trying to change your spouse or you see a need for a change to be in your spouse, because we do. I mean, he sees things in me that I know he's probably like, that needs to be changed. And, and occasionally I think the same thing of him too. But, but we go to God. And we just like, God, this is, this, he, he, you love him more than I do. And that's a lot. And God is, is that heavenly father. And he's the one who can, who can bring about the real change. But I want to say something about this, that, that when God made a suitable mate for man, it was a woman. It was not another man. Nowhere in nature, throw the Bible out right now. Nowhere in nature will you find same sex together. Doesn't happen. So is it a biblical issue? You're talking about animals. And animals, animals, yeah, and people, yeah. Is it a biblical issue? Is it a political issue? Is it a social issue? What? It's a God issue. It's a creation issue. It's a creation issue. That's the way God created us. So God loves us, and he loves us so much that he created Man for woman and woman for man. Yeah. And together for him. So last one here, single again season. So you've been married all this time. Maybe, you know, you've lost a spouse. Uh, maybe they've passed away or maybe there was a horrible divorce, you know, or something. And now there's separation. Um, and you're, you find yourself single again. And loss, you know, absence, loneliness sets in, right? So to this person, how do they find purpose again? Well, number one, go to God. That's where all of our answers are. It's God, what do I do now? God is never finished with you. If you're on this earth, if you're breathing, if you've got air in your lungs, God's got a purpose and a plan. It did not die with your spouse. Remember I said before you had the spouse, you had purpose. While you have your spouse, God has a purpose for that togetherness, that man and the woman in there. If you're alone and by yourself, you're never alone because God's never left you. And so he's got a purpose and a plan for you now. So don't feel like, well, I missed it. Those days are over. No, no. I tell you, our, our supervisor back in Tulsa years and years ago, Miss Iru Darty, she, she widowed in her late 50s, early, yeah, I think late 50s, early 60s. But she was sitting in a rocking chair and her son came home to visit her one day and he said, Mom, you can sit here in your rocking chair and let the world just go by or why don't you come to Tulsa and, and help us with the ministry? Well, she took him up on it. She's a fiery redhead. If she saw us today walking down the hall, she would say, Phil, Nicole, 
She's 96 years old, still goes to the office every day. Yeah. She's affecting people's lives. She's In fact, Pastor, Pastor Paul said he's going to interview her on her 97th birthday. Wow. In just a few weeks, he's going to interview her. So she had purpose. She, she found purpose. She found something that God, because God's got purpose. It's just a matter of us finding out what that is. Hey, why don't you guys stand up with me here in closing? I want to read this. This has to do with exactly what we're talking about. <clears throat> and, it, and it's the story of Anna in Luke chapter 2. Um, and I, I want to read to you about Anna because you might be in that place right now. Maybe you've lost a spouse. I know we have uh, widows uh, here in our church, but we also have people that are single still uh, or single again. Luke chapter 2, verse 36, it says, Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow for about 84 years. So she's got to be somewhere in her hundreds uh, range. Uh, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayer night and day. There's an example there of somebody who's now been single again, but they found purpose in their life. See, we're alive for a purpose. We are alive because we have a destiny on the inside of us. That God needs us to minister to other people. He needs us to be available so that we can affect the lives of the people around us. How many of you know, uh, you know, if you work for a company and you go into that company every day and you work with the same person, and maybe it's a person that has one of those personalities that's just, you know, very attractive. You know, I mean, that's the kind of personality that, that it makes you happy to come to work. Because they're always in a good mood. They're always smiling. You know, they're always loving Jesus. It's like Nicole. You know, that's why I love being married to her. Because she's happy all the time. You know, but you go. What, what is that? That person, the spirit that's on that person is affecting you. And that's what you need to be for the people in your circle of influence. Well, Phil, I don't have a circle of influence. Yes, you do. Every room that you walk in, that there's people there, you have a circle of influence. Now, we're all practicing this. We're all getting better at it, okay? I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. But what I'm saying is, is that there are people that God wants you to impact their lives. And you can't do it as a half person. One of the reasons that divorce is so high is because you have two halves getting together trying to make a whole. And they don't get there. It only works when you have two whole people coming together. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.